we're going to uh, continue our lesson as we've been dealing with the subject on uh, righteousness, uh, justification. And we've been dealing with this subject <clears throat> back in September, early of September of this year on righteousness, awakened to righteousness. So I always want to bring to your attention, keep the theme before your eyes. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 33, 34, Casey. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 33 and 34. This is the theme of the year, so I always want to keep this before you so you could be reminded of what are we saying here. It says, be not deceived. Evil communication will corrupt good manners. So when we say evil communication, we're not talking about something that's just filled with lust, filled with adultery, filled with this, even though it is evil communication. But, you know, more so by evil communication is dealing with tradition, dealing with unbelief. So you have to be careful about that. As it says, be not deceived, evil communication. When you think of something evil, you think of something that's contrary to what is giving you truth. But notice this, <clears throat> it gives more light on the next verse, which says, verse 34, awake to righteousness. See, awake to righteousness. In other words, righteousness now is this new life, it's this new attitude, it's this new standard, it's this new way of thinking. Well, follow me? So it says, awake to righteousness. So for you to awake to righteousness is simply, is simply saying what? Your understanding needs to be roused so that you can become, so that you can walk in the light of of this new identity that you have in Christ Jesus. So as, as simple as these principles sound, it takes a lifetime for us to live them out throughout the rest of our lives. Because in one day or one month, I could be in good standing with God. But then I can see myself in another light two years down the road, walking indifferent of the same truth that I'd embrace. And so, though these principles are <clears throat> simple, but you and I are the subject, meaning if I'm the subject, we have to continue open ourselves or be open-minded to what? To these truths, to these ways of doing, to these ways of being, and... <clears throat> You don't understand, no, not sometimes, but we don't understand a lot of time why God uh, do things in our lives or take us down the lane that he does or hold us in a place where we are. We don't understand why he does it. But he does it because of purpose. And somewhere down the line, God going to reveal in his hand the thing that he purposed for your life. But then once he does it, there's a process that you go through in trusting him. When is I'm released to do this? When, you, when are you wanting me to move in this direction? When are you wanting me to take a stand in this place? These are all questions that will arise in your mind, in your heart. Because you want to fulfill the will of God. You want to be, you want to, you want to honor God in your body. 
And let me just say this. Every day that you live, you are honoring God because you awaken to a new day. And in this day, God wants to do what? He will display his goodness through you. Not so much as you got to feel the spirit of God. You got to lay hands upon the sick. You got to cast out devils. Though that's part of our benefit, at, uh, part of the beneficiary of being a believer. But the best part of being a believer, living out honoring God, is just walking out a living life in this new identity that you have as a believer. Being kind. Right? That's, one, that's, that's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Being joyful. When we say being joyful, we're not talking about because everything around me is, you know, hokadori. No, to be joyful means, guess what? Right in the midst of this situation, right in the midst of this negative report, I got joy. Joy is, a, is what we call strength. You could be strong. That's what it means in Ephesians 6. 10. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So you are strong in that situation. You are strong in your stance against this evil or against this negative report. That's what joy is. Joy given hope. Joy is given hope that whereas this hope is giving me a desire, is strengthening me, and is giving me a confidence that because I have a wake to righteousness, God is moving on my behalf. He's changing this thing. Can you see it? And that's what this is all about. So you and we talk to you about a wake to righteousness. You are awakened to something that's giving you Joy, something that's giving you a strength, something that's holding, giving you a stance on the principle of God's word. You're not caving into your feelings. You're not caving into logics. You're not caving into reason. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You are making a stand up on the word of God that has given you light. So when he says, awake to righteousness and sin not, just simply mean, now I want you to walk in the integrity of the things I've spoken to you. If you walk in the integrity of the things that God has put before you or walk blameless before what God has put before you, then you will live sinless. Blameless, not sinless, blameless. You won't live sinless. Now, all we live sinless, we got to be out of here. Is that right? But you can live blameless. Amen? So, but, and I'm looking for that day that when we get out of here, I have a glorified body. Well, how, how would it be an honor to know that we could be raptured up right out of here right now? Amen. Sitting here in his word and the Father sent Jesus to go and get the body and whoop, there we go. Glory to God. Oh, boy, I tell you what, that's, that, boy, that's, that's, that's joy right there. That's, that's, that's victory right there. Amen. But until that happened, we can still have the same satisfaction. We can still have the same peace. We can still have the same victory. Why? Because he is, what he is the same today, what he was yesterday, and he'll be the same way tomorrow. Is that right? 
Isn't that a verse of scripture? I think Hebrews 13, 5 says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So if the Lord is the same and you and I bearing fruit of the same spirit, then guess what? We can be the same way too. But we got to exercise joy as a strength. We have to exercise this righteousness, awake to righteousness, so that we can walk in joy. We can walk in the peace of God. We can walk in the victory of what God has already won for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Let me give you this other foundation verse of scripture. Look at Romans chapter uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and look here at verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. All things are of God. Huh? 2 Corinthians. Corinthians. That's it. Did I say first? I said second, right? Yeah, second. Oh, okay. 2 Corinthians. All things are of God. Can you see this? Who, and it goes to tell you what, what, thing, what all things are of God is. Who has what? Reconciled us to himself. But notice how he did it. By Jesus Christ. The books has been settled. The debt has been paid. You're no longer, sin is no longer being imputed to you. Righteousness is being imputed to you now. Glory to God. Boy, you, I could give the benediction. We can go home now. I go get my bucket of fried chicken at churches and point my toes up and have me some jalapeno pepper. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So all things are of who? God, who has what? Reconciled us where? To himself. How? By Jesus Christ. And notice it. Has given us what? To us the ministry of reconciliation. You're supposed to be letting everyone know the debt of sin has been settled, my brother. Why are you carrying this burden? Why are you still up under this yoke? Hmm? It's settled. Now you begin to go about in revealing to them the hand of God, what God has done for them. Man, that's a powerful source of scripture right there, Brother Joe. You can catch some fish on that scripture right there, brother. Look at verse 19. <clears throat> I know some of your friends may think this, but that's all right. I believe in you, brother. Okay. It says, to wit that God was where? In Christ. Whoa. Look how I reconcile it. It was God in Christ. The creator, the almighty, become one like you and I, Darrell, Zach, and, stay, and walk in. In our stead as a man, reconciling, making us right before Almighty God, giving us an opportunity, opening the door. Said it's finished. 
is just like it never happened. What the first Adam did is just like it never happened. Oh, you don't understand what I just said. The first Adam is what caused us to live below. The second Adam put us back in right standing with God. Just like it never happened. (laughs) Must be them boots I got on. (laughs) Glory to God. Isn't that right? Isn't that good? Just, that's what justification is. Just like it never happened. That's where you got to see yourself. That's how God wants you to see yourself. Because you're rec- it said, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Nobody get the opportunity to say, I'm right with God because this, because of that. Because of that. Uh-uh. No. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That means before you and I ever became an inkling of a thought, God had already commended his love toward humanity. God made up in his mind from the foundation of the world what he was going to do for you and I before the first Adam did what he did. That's love. And he's given us all an opportunity. That's why he said he has reconciled the world to himself because you and I are ministers of the ministry of reconciliation. You are the fruit. You are the product of reconciliation, of being reconciled to God. People can look on your life and say, what happened? I've been reconciled. The debt been paid. The guilt has gone. The condemnation, the spirit of oppression is gone. It's off of me. What do you mean it's off of you? God became a man and walked in my stead and took what was rightfully mine and put it on himself and gave me his nature. Gave me his life. Oh, shakale ebo kumbrandes de isto poshonana. Say, what do you say? I don't know. <laughs> but it felt good, amen? Glory to God. Can y'all see that? Think about that. Not imputing their what? Trespasses under them. That's, look, it's not just to you, Brother Joe. Not imputing their, he said he reconciled the world unto himself. The world itself it has not, no, the, the imputing of their trespass, he's not imputing nobody trespasses to themselves. I reconcile the world. Now the world not living like they are reconciled. 
Why? Because we as the body of Christ have not shone like we're going to shine in the light of being reconciled, of being forgiven. That word reconcile may be a little bit blind to us. Uh, I want to say the message. Let's look at that in the message, uh, those two verses. What is, and then we'll look at it in the uh, classic amplifier, something like that. But let's look at that in the message. Verse 8. Oh. So what verse is that? 18 or 20? Okay. Because of this decision, what decision? You made Jesus the Lord of your life, if any man be in Christ. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We look at the Messiah. That way, once and got it all wrong, huh? As you know, we certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what you and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah, what do they get? Woo. Like it never happened. Like it never happened. You get what? A fresh start is created what? New. The old life is gone. A new life emerges. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him. He settled it. J.W. It's settled. Glory to God. And then call us to settle our relationship with each other. Glory to God. That's why you don't have to be mad with people. You can be happy. Hmm? God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ, we're Christ's representative. We're his what? God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their difference and enter into God's work of making things right between them. Can you see that? You are what? His what? Representatives. That's the only way they're going to know it. They can't see God. They can't see the Spirit. But they can see you and I. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work by making things what? Right between them. We are speaking for Christ himself now. Who are? Who's speaking for Christ now? You are. We are. So I don't care how you look at yourself until you change your way, 
your spiritual stupor and be awake to righteousness? You will not be able, you are not allowing the reconciliation, the forgiveness of sin that God has done, that you and I are wearing. People won't be able to see it because they, you're still walking under a cloud. You're still walking with things that, you know, you should shake off. You should have cut away from. You have, you, you, you're still walking under something that's trying to submerge you when God has freed you. Hmm? People see you and I. When they see the life that you and I live, when they see the life that you and I represent, that's what brings changes to them. Because now it's saying, okay, it's possible. If, if God changed him, God could change me. Right? And we become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Is that right? Let's look at that in one more translation. And uh, man, I like the NLT too. But look at uh, 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 I don't have the NIV. Uh, the classic oh. I got to get the NIV. But all things are from God. Who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into what? Favor. Notice he did. He received us into favor. You, you are favored by God. And brought us into harmony with himself. I mean, think about it. When you're in harmony with someone, you know, let's just say um, I like to play a trumpet. Okay? Let's say Daryl likes a saxophone. J.W. may like a flute. Bobby may like a clarinet. Huh? Brother Joy might like the drum. Now, if we were praying, if we were singing, if we were playing Amazing Grace, the trumpet can't play what the clarinet played, right? The same note, right? They all got their own note, but if the clarinet, the saxophone, the flute, the drums play in the note that, that they support... We make what? Harmony. Can you see it? That's what this is saying right here. We have brought, he brought us into harmony with himself. So you think about all that's in Christ. Victory, right? What else we got in Christ? We, we got victory. We got triumph. Hmm? We, what do we got? The forgiveness of sin. We got all the fruits of the Spirit. We got the gifts of the Spirit. Right? We got the name. Right? We brought in harmony with himself. All that he, <clears throat> excuse me, all that he's overcome, 
all that he's defeated and was raised for our justification, we are in harmony with it. And he gave us <clears throat> the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed, we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. Man, that's you and I. So you see, it's based on how you live that brings people into harmony that Christ is being elevated. Amen? All right. <clears throat> Did you get anything out of that segment? All right, here we go. Now let's go to Romans chapter 5. Look here at verse 1. Romans chapter 5. And let's look at verse 1. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> remember in this lesson what we're doing. We're talking about the book of Romans, right? We're going through the first four books. But I'm using the first 11 verses as a mean of using Moses as the object of the lesson, of showing that we are justified the results of what justification is. Okay? So when we talk about justification, what are we talking about? Just as what? It never happened. See, if you, don't, if you don't see yourself in that light, then you will live with a spirit of condemnation. You live with a spirit of shame. You will live with a spirit of guilt. Huh? God can't work through that, not that he don't want to, but because you have put yourself in such a place, in such a stupor, then guess what? What he wants to bring through you, he can't because you're still seeing yourself through the old identity. And he's trying to get you to come up in this new way of thinking, in this new identity of who you are. Can y'all see that? That in itself takes faith to walk in. <clears throat> okay? So, notice this. <clears throat> okay. Let's just go. I hate to do this, but it's the Lord lead me. I got to do it. Go back to uh, verse uh, 17 of the book of, of Romans 4. <clears throat> and notice this. It said, as it is written, <clears throat> meaning it's already been written, I've made thee the father of many nations before him whom he what? Before he believed. Before who believed? Before Abram believed or Abraham believed, right? He said, even God who did what? Quicken? What's another word for the word quicken? It would be made what? Alive, right? God quickened. What did God make alive? Because he was already alive. 
but what was made alive. Hmm? What was made alive? The call, the purpose, the dream. What did God reveal? See, everything that God revealed to him, God made alive. He quickened it back to him, reminded him <clears throat> because he had settled for Ishmael to be that son. And God said, no. Right? Okay, we went through all of this. I can't go back to this because I, if I go back through that, I, I know I'll be, I'm not coming out. So here, who quickened the dead, the dead just simply mean not dead in body, but dead in producing. Hmm? And this is the reason why many in the body of Christ, because we look at ourselves, even from a physical perspective, if you, you know, especially, if, you know, women have it bad, if, if, they're, if they're not married by, what, 30, 35, then, you know, something wrong. You, you follow what I'm saying? You know, you may not get married till you're 50. Right? It doesn't mean God gave up on it. And it doesn't mean that what God intends for you can't come through you at 50 as you are thinking at the age of 30. See, we lose hope where? In the natural. Which brings us to the next verse. Put it up there, Casey. Who against hope? You can lose hope in the natural because you're looking where? At your age. Or your circumstance. Or where you are in life. Hmm? So when you see yourself in that light, notice this. Who against hope, he believed where? In hope. So that means God quickened, made alive, made aware to him what he will do. Not what you would do, Abraham, but what I will do. That's what the quickened, that's what made alive. He was made alive in the plan that what God had all along, God was fully able to bring it to pass. But he had to get to the place himself that there was no hope that this could happen in the natural. It, I can't reason it out. There's not enough logic in this. That There's just not enough human reasoning in this. It just can't happen. Hmm? Sarah is 90. I'm 100. This can't happen. Forget about the baby part. Just look at what God saying to you, and you're looking at your life as being the best years of your life have passed up, and now God wants to use me, or now God is wanting to speak to me. Well, how do you not know, honey? All those years were years of training for maybe one week, one day. Hmm? And it will be the most fulfilling day, the most fulfilling week of your entire life. You will have forgotten all about what you had to stand and walk through just to enjoy 
God's hand on your life to bring forth something that God, you don't understand. If God looking for you to bring something into the earth, you don't realize how valuable and how precious it is. For God wanting to use you to bring this, whatever this is, to pass. But he's not going to do it with your own ingenuity, with your own smart self. He's not going to do it. Because your righteousness or your, the righteousness you have is not of yours. It is his. He has given to you and I as a gift. So therefore, he wants everything that you have received, he wants you to live out of it. He wants you to be thankful from it. He wants you to, be, he wants you to minister from it, to it, through it. He don't want anything of you but you. He just want this house to be the representative, to be the display of his glory. So when you open your mouth, it is of his demand. When you open your mouth, it is to bring glory to him. I don't care if on your job, in your family. It don't make a difference where it is. When you make a decision, I'm going to only speak of those things that I hear him say. Like Jesus said, watch this, let me put this up. John chapter 5, and look at verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do how many things? Come on, talk to me, class. How many things? Nothing, Nothing of himself. Look at somebody say, I be the son, or you be the lady. I'll say, I be the son, I be the daughter. Look at one another and tell them that. I be the son. Can do what? Nothing of what? Of yourself. Until you see life in that light, in that manner, you're not ready for God to move through you in what he intends. This is Jesus speaking. Huh? The son can do nothing of himself but what he see the father do. How do you see the father? You and I through the word, through the spirit. You're following that witness. You're following that peace. Because God is what? A spirit, John 4, 24, and they that worship God must worship him, how? In spirit and in truth. So when you look at the word, the word is a, this Bible is a, especially the new covenant, and some of the things that's concealed under the new, under the old covenant, it is a spiritual representation of what's already in your spirit. It's bear witnessing. This is bear witnessing in your born-again spirit that this is God speaking. This is God moving. So you have the spirit and you have the word. Huh? Now you have the word in you, but that word is coincide right here when you read it, right here when you speak of it. It is, it is making, notice it, it is in an agreement, and that's why Jesus said, Verily, verily, mean this is important. 
Truly, truly, I tell you. That's what one translation says. I can, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself. What a powerful statement. What a powerful statement for Jesus to make. I, the son, can do nothing of myself. Man, we, we, we would not make that say, oh, no, I can do this on my own. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I got this. Huh? No, sir. No, sir. No, ma'am. You and I were not created to think on your own. We were created to bring glory to God. Now, we got messed up along the way, but what did they say? Jesus, being the second Adam, has restored us back to the original intent of the Father. So, therefore, I don't have to think in the light of where I came from, where oppression is, where guilt is, where shame is. Nope, nope, nope. I have a new identity. So, I am being what? Awakened every day. Reminded every day whose I am. The right standing that I have, it is of God, but it comes through Jesus Christ. He hadn't changed his mind. He's the same yesterday, what he is today, and he'll be the same way tomorrow. So I have no worries. Hmm? Y'all getting what I'm saying here? The son can do how many things? Nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, for whatever or what things soever he do it, meaning the father, meaning the word. You don't have to have a word come from heaven to speak to you and say, be this way or go. No. All you got to do is look down. It's in you. Old Covenant didn't have it in them. They only had the ways of God on them. You got the ways of God in you, and that anointing will come up on you. Why? Because it's coming forth from you. That's what everybody can see. That's what they saw in Moses. That's what they saw in Abraham. That's what they saw in Samuel. That's what they saw in King David. Hmm? You have the fullness Hmm? Some people say, well, I just wish I had the, a double portion of Elisha anointing, anointing. Why would you want to have a double portion of the fullness of what you got? He got a double portion, you got the fullness. Hmm? You and I walk in the fullness of God's anointing. Elisha can only have a double portion of what Elijah had. But we got what Elijah had, what Elisha got, what Elijah had, and, there, and we got what Jesus got. I be with Jesus. You got the fullness of the Spirit. Amen. Uh, you just got to use it. All right. Did y'all learn that? Did y'all get that? How many things can you do of yourself? Nada. 
of zero. With what? The rim knocked off, right? <laughs> All right. Now, where was I, Casey? Now, where was I before that? Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 1. That's where I was. No, Romans 4, 18. That's right. So, that's why he said, against hope, believed in hope, meaning he had no natural hope that what God promised, but he believed in hope. That means, what that means? The word hope means to have a strong desire of being confidently, or you're having a confident of expecting. See, in order to have God's hope, you first have to have a desire. That desire is what moves you. That desire is what gets your attention. Right? If I said, I'm going to take all y'all out to eat, go to Ruth Chris, and get you one of the, the nice filet. Me young. Don't do that. See, what is it? I'm building a desire. See, y'all smiling. It's just an example. We ain't doing that. <laughs> I know it's not good English. But you see what it did? It gave a smile. It gave a desire. You could begin to start tasting because you've been there before. You know what it looked like. Right? And so, so, so that's what hope does. When God says something, when God's word says something, that's what it does. It gives you the desire. Whoa, God, you're going to do that for me? What? And then that desire, notice it. That's what gives you that confident. It bec it's called confident expectation. That's what do that word. It gave Abraham confident. It put Abraham expecting. What is he expecting? That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Next verse. And be not weak where? In faith. And what? And be not weak in faith, meaning he could have been weak in faith. We know he was weak in faith because he had an Ishmael. Hmm? He went to several countries in Egypt and what doesn't say, this is not my wife, this is my sister. Right? They both conspire to the lie. Which is she was his half-sister, but on the father's side of something like that. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. See, at one time he did. Because he didn't have no hope. But the word is giving him hope. The word is giving him a desire. See, the promise 
What gives you hope? What gives you, what give you this, 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 this desire? The word itself, the promise of the word itself gives you the desire. It gives faith. It causes faith to come. It causes you to begin to expect. The word does it. I said the word does it. Not what someone else can do. The word does it. Look. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. Whoa. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not. He wavered not. Huh? Can y'all see that? He's 100 years old. Sarah is 90. What brought them to the place that we can bring forth this Isaac? Ain't no way in the world. Y'all make my high voice come out. There's just no way in the world that's going to happen. Abraham look at Sarah. Sarah look at Abraham. The other night I said I was going to get my wife. I'm waiting on my wife to call me my Lord. That ain't going to ever happen, but I'm still waiting. <laughs> we were driving home Wednesday night. She said, what you going to eat, my Lord? I said, girl, you going to make me sick. You better make him. I got to keep my own. <laughs> but, but notice this. He staggered not. Can you see that? This is God saying this. Now you and I can look at Abraham like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, no. I remember when he did this. Remember, the Bible said all of these things are written for our... Let, let me, yeah, I got to show you all that. Romans 15, 4, Casey. Because you look at this and you say, man, how could God use this guy? Because the 21st century church won't use him. For whatsoever thing were written aforetime, which is what we're talking about now, why were they written? They were written for our learning. That means... I learned what to use there, and I'm learning what not to. They didn't have a Bible. We do. Look, that we through what? Patient. That's what you have. If time is involved in bringing forth the word of God or the promise of God, then patient is employed. You didn't hear what I said. If time is involved in the promise of the word of God to come to pass in your or my life, then no patient has to be employed. Hmm? Why? Because patient is that faith that's holding you steady. Notice this. For 
whatsoever thing were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patient and comfort of the scripture might what? Have hope. So when you look at these things and you see of these examples, God is just trying to show you, encourage you and I that, hey, these things were written for our learning. They were like men, women like you and I are. Now you can learn what not to do of them and you can also learn how to partake of the thing that I revealed to them. Man, I, I keep that scripture in my forehead for my, in part of my mind all the time. Okay, okay, so go back to verse 19, Romans 4. So he said, he staggered not, verse uh, 8, he staggered not, he wavered not. When we look at the scripture, like we just said, those things are written for our learning because we know Abraham staggered. But in himself. We know Abraham was dead in himself. But in God's word, there is no stagger. There is no wavering. There is no, I don't know, is that going to come to pass? I don't know, can I trust God on that? I think God made a mistake. He don't realize how old I am. He, 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 he. I think he forgot what my past represent. What's some other thing we'll say? Hmm? I blew it. Huh. God forgot how I blew it. I mean, look, it can't get no worse than what I did. Huh? Is that what we say? And God is saying, don't have nothing to do with my plan. Like I didn't know you was not going to do that. Don't you know I'm God? That's why you got salvation. That's why you got the blood. Huh? That's why you got my righteousness. Because in yourself, if you keep looking at yourself, if you judge it from the lenses of yourself, you will say, I blew it. And that's how the 21st century church look at us too. Oh, no, we can't have that in our church. We righteous people, holy people. Look, y'all go to that church down the road over there. That, that, that favorite church, they'll take y'all in, but we, can, we can't have all that. One man, <clears throat> William Seymour. Anybody know who's William Seymour? He started the Pentecostal movement. Been living more than 100 years. Look him up, William Seymour. He's a black guy. And I'm not telling you this. I'm just only saying because he's trying to set the... And he was at this all-white all Pentecostal church trying to get in trying to hear the word. He knew God had this call on him. And he was saying, Lord, I'm trying to get in, 
but they won't let me in. He said, don't believe all the sun. They won't let me in either. <laughs> in other words, that tradition, that junk that they're teaching, no, God can't come in either. So you do good. You do better by what? By staying out. Is that right? Another mistake my church church have made is with uh, Gandhi. Anybody ever heard of Gandhi? Gandhi was a, uh, a he come from a Buddhist type background, and Gandhi was read the Bible, and he come to the place of where he was ready to receive Jesus. But he got around this church that these people wouldn't even let him in because of the color of his skin. And he left and he went to India. And over 750 million people have been converted to Buddhism because, or Hinduism, I'm sorry, because of what? Influence. Because of how people judge people by what they look like, what they sound like, and etc. Honey, you can't do you can't do anything about the color of your skin. You can't do anything about your speech. Are you understand what I'm saying? What part of the world are you from? Everything that I have spoken to you about thus far is all about God's own righteousness, God's own plan, his, what his hand is involving, you and I are just a, a, a display of what God wanting to use because we allow ourselves to be used by him to do what? To export his goods. It's like a trucker. What is he, what is he doing? He's exporting the goods or whatever company, it's not him, but what he done? In order for the company goods to be used, he has to go through that driver to do what? To display or to get it where it needs to be so that people can use it. Well, that's what God is. You and I are the display that God is looking to use to do what? To channel his goods. Are y'all following me? Color doesn't matter. What side of the world you come from doesn't matter. That's all tradition. Tradition has messed up a lot of people. Okay? And so here, when he said he staggered not at the promise of God, notice this, through unbelief. What is unbelief? What would unbelief be? Unbelief is a belief that you know what God has said. He reveals it, but you decide that you're going to harden your heart. That's what unbelief is. It's hardening of the heart. You become insensitive to what he said. You become unyielding to his way of doing. You become cold in spirit of saying, no, that just cannot be. That's what unbelief is. Well, Abraham did not stagger 
at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was what? Strong in faith. What was, what was the strong in faith? He was strong in the promise that what God had promised, what God had spoken. And he was what? Giving glory to God. That's how faith works, saints. You are giving glory to God. You're not giving glory because you got the thing before. You're giving glory to God before you even see it. Before it even manifests, I'm giving glory to God. Why? Because you know this is God's way. This is what God is saying to me. I'm not saying you're giving glory to God and you don't have a word from God. You don't have a scripture to stand on. You don't have faith. Faith have to come by hearing. So if you don't have the word in your heart, if faith, if you haven't heard the word of faith, then guess what? Faith can't grow. Faith can't increase. And look, and then there is no basic for the promise to come to pass because you don't have nothing to stand on. You don't have nothing to hold you. It's not physical. It's not tangible. It's not something that you could, you know, you could think of because it's unseen. So you have to have the word. You have to have the word to defy all laws of the natural to tell you that this can't happen. I mean, we have laws in the natural ourselves that you can't see. We have what? Like microwave or Wi-Fi. What do you call it? Stuff running through here that you can't see. What do you call it, Casey? Huh? Radio? Yeah, wait. You can't hear. You can't see. But it, it's functioning. Hmm? You ain't never seen your heart. But it's pumping. Right? You inhaling and exhaling without even thinking. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that we, in the natural, that you don't see. I mean, you see it, but you don't know how. Or, I mean, look, the, uh, we all, I think most of us flew in a plane, right? You look at that big heavy thing. How did the thing going to get off the ground? That's a law called what? Lift. The wings of that plane was created to create lift. That's why them, the, the wings are made like it is. It, they get a certain speed, and guess what? And the law of lift takes place under those wings and lifts it up every time. There's no such thing as it won't happen. It didn't, the law is still there, but what it did? It superseded it. You can't see how it did it. But it does it every time. Hmm? Well, the word works in the same light. Look at this, verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, that what God had promised, God was what? Able to what? Perform. Who was able to perform? Who was the one that did the promising? What was Abraham's part? Was to become fully persuaded 
that what God promised, God could bring it to pass. Hmm? Now go to Romans 5.1, and we're going to finish this up. Oof. We went back around. So, uh, <laughs> go ahead on, Brother Joe. That's my man. Therefore, being what? Justified how? So justified means what? Just like it never happened? Oh, I'm sorry. The purpose of going back. Look at verse 25. Romans 4, uh, 23 through 25. I'm sorry. God, thank you, Lord. It said, oh, look at verse 22. And therefore it was imputed to him. That's what I wanted you to see. I did all that to show you that. Well, I didn't do it. The Lord wants you to see it. Because God, you are not convinced yet in the mind of the Lord. You're still not convinced. Well, not all of you. Some of you. You're not convinced. So the Lord wants to, he wanted you to see just what I did right here. And therefore it was imputed to him for what? For righteousness. What was imputed to him for righteousness? Watch this. Next verse. And now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Watch this. But for us, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we what? Now we, now we see why it was imputed to him for righteousness. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord where? From the dead. So why was it imputed to him? Because he believed. Watch the verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses. And he was raised again for what? Our justification. Who was raised for our justification? Jesus. Right? Watch this. Put this in the, in the classic amplifier. Go back to verse 22. Verse 21. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able. This is Abraham. And mighty to keep his word to do what he had what? Promise. Verse 22. That is why his faith was credited to him. As right standing with God. Why? That's why his faith was credited. Why, why was his faith was credited to him? Go back to verse 21. Because he what? He fully satisfied and assured that what? That God was able and mighty to keep his word to do what he had promised. What did God say to you? Or what is he saying to you? If he's not speaking to you about anything specifically right now, just wait on. Don't try to press it. But he will reveal himself to you. Hmm? 
But we see why it was credited to him, because Abraham had to come to the place that he believed the word. Okay? Now, go to, go to Romans 5, 5, 1. So it says, now, therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God, notice this, through faith, let us do what? Grasp the fact that we what? Have the peace. That is again. Of what? Of reconciliation to do what? To hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointing one. So your peace is not coming because of anything but through what the finished works of Christ. Hmm? That's where your peace is. So just because something is wrong, just because you might be going through something, your body may be attacked, your finances may be attacked. I got peace with God. He said, all is well. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. That is by Christ Jesus. Now, there are laws that govern prosperity, just like there are laws that govern healing. Okay? Notice this, verse uh, Verse 2, now, notice this. He said, through him also we have access, our access, entrance, introduction by faith into this grace. In, in, in other words, the state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. That's what you stand. Firmly and safely stand is where? I'm standing in God's grace. I'm standing in what God has made provision for. I have access of it by his faith. Let me say that again. I, my, stance is, I'm, my stance is I receive what God's grace has made provision for. The access of receiving all that grace has is my faith, his faith as a mean of response. So you are taking the faith of Christ and you're responding to the sickness. You're responding to the pain. You're responding to the negative report. You're responding to the promise. Faith is the response. To the grace of God. And you have access, entrance into that grace in which we firmly, safely stand. He said, let us what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Why? Not because of the sickness. Not because of the situation. Not because of the accusation. But I'm rejoicing because my faith, I have access into this grace by faith that Jesus has already settled in. I've been reconciled. I've been forgiven. I've, I am in right standing with God. So this crisis that I'm confronted with at the moment, I'm rejoicing because Jesus went and paid the price. He died and he was raised for my justification. I've been acquitted of any disease attacking my body. I've been acquitted of me living in poverty. I've been acquitted for me living under some type of drug addiction. I've been acquitted for whatever that is. You can say I'm acquitted because, hey, of what Jesus did. So I can rejoice. 
That's why you're rejoicing. Because the victory is already in you. The victory, the victor has already won. He's already taken it back. So my rejoicing is not because of what I'm going through. My rejoicing is not trying to be happy in it. No, my rejoicing is because Jesus finished it. Jesus took it away. I'm acquitted. That's not for me. That's not supposed to happen to me. That's not supposed to be in my life. And therefore, I call those things that be not as though they were. That's your rights. That's your stance. Can you see that? It is a mouthful. But it will be on the podcast. You could hear it over and over. Let me give you two more verses and we'll stop. Look at verse 3. It says, moreover, let us be what? Full of joy now. See, I can, not only can I rejoice, but I can be full of joy. What is joy? Joy is a strength. Huh? Joy is a strength now. Joy is keeping me from keeping my anxieties away, keeping my worries, my worries, my weariness away. It's keeping all of my irritation, aggravation. No, joy is a strength because I'm rejoicing because of what Jesus already done. That's how faith talk. You don't have that. You're not living by faith. Ain't no such thing as you walking by faith and that nothing going to be confirmed. No, no, you're going to be confronted, Shad. You're going to be confronted. And the storm did not come because, I mean, just think about me. I have attacks all the time because of what I'm teaching you. And it's just like, am I, do you really want to say that? Do you really want to talk about that? Do you, you know, why? But why? Because the enemy is a hater of the truth. He's not, after, he's not after me. He's after the word that's in me from delivering to you. I got to find a way to shut him down. Loser. That's what I call it. Loser. Why? I'm not in me. How you gonna get to me? How you if you could get to me as being you got through Christ? So if you can't get past Christ, you sure can't get to me. I'm in Christ. So you gotta think that way, you gotta speak that way, you gotta behave that way for the word of the promise to do what is for, for the access of God's word to surround you in that light. You have it by faith. It belonged to you, but because it belonged to you doesn't mean it's going to be working for you. It worked when you work it. Got to work it. You can't have the seed in the barn or in your pocket. Walk around with the tomato seed, your cucumber seed, the apple seed, and say, I got all. Well, it ain't going to do you no good in your pocket. It's got to be planted. The word got to be planted in your heart. And this is where we struggle the most 
We struggle and make getting the word to work in our heart because now to have the word of God at work in my heart, that means now the responsibility of my obedience is upon me now. And that's what we don't want. We don't want no responsibility of doing. We don't want no responsibility. I got to do. Nope. We want it all to be on God. He can't do that part. Finally, notice this. Let us be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our trouble. Now it's telling you what you do. So you can triumph and rejoice in our suffering. Not the suffering, you know, when we talk about that suffering, you may be your body going through something, you're going through something financially, you're going through something marital, whatever it may be. Notice it. That suffering that you go, I am going through it because I've already won it. I've already got the victory over it. It's the victor in me, and he's giving me wisdom. The Holy Ghost is giving me the wisdom. Hmm? He's giving me light. Can y'all see it? Knowing that the pressure and the affliction and the hardship, it produced patience and unswerving endurance. Now, listen at this. Listen at this. The pressure, the persecution, the affliction, the hardship is not to make you strong. That's not what that's saying. That's how a lot of people read that. The affliction, the persecution, the hardship is wanting to kill you. It's not to strengthen you. It's to kill you. Somebody say, you know, whatever that, you know, if it don't kill you, it strengthens you. Well, that could be some truth to that. But I show, I, I show not, I, I'm sure not going to play Russian roulette with my life like that. I know, I know that pressure, pressure, the affliction, whatever, it's not from God. I know that the enemy is coming with that trouble. You understand what I'm saying? But that's why patient, anytime time is involved, before I see the promise coming to pass, then patient has to be employed. Patient is a fruit of the Spirit. Patient is not that thing, oh, I got to be patient. I wish she could just hurry up. Oh, he's just working on my last nerve. That's not the kind of patient I'm talking about. Patient, you're un, you're, you're, you're not going to be swerving all over the place. You, you, you cannot be taken by what you see. Patient is holding you steady like a navigated, like a navigation system. It's holding you steady on that road, going in the direction where you go until you reach your destination. That's what patient is. Patient is holding you steady. Hmm? Through the endurance, through the hardship, through the trial, patient is holding you steady. Don't let patient think that the hardship is your friend. No, it's not. That hardship want to kill you. Okay? And one more verse of scripture. Verse 4. This is the one I want you to see. And endurance, that's what patient is. 42, it developed what? Maturity. 
This is the reason why no anybody should go out in doing anything, especially ministry and teaching God's people. Nobody should go out as a novice without no experience. You ain't got no experience. You ain't got nothing to talk about, Jack. Your experience can come through two ways. Through the knowledge, the knowing of the word, and through your own personal experiences. The knowledge of the word is better. Notice this. And for it developed maturity of character. In your King James Bible, it said experience. That's what, that's what this character is. Approve faith tried integrity. That experience means you have passed the test. You stood on the word of God and you saw the word of God brought forth the victory that it said it would do. So you have approved character, meaning you have bowed yourself, you have yielded yourself to the truth of God's word and you allow the word to bring you through. Now you have approved character. You know, sometimes if you apply for a credit card, you apply for a loan and say, approve. Why? What that mean? They checked out everything that you've been, how you've been living, how you've been spending. And they say, okay, approve. We're going to approve them. Well, only God can approve you. His word can approve your character, that you're ready. So that experience, it says, uh, experience well, put, put that verse of scripture right there, Casey, back in the King James, this verse. That might be a little bit blind to you. And patience, experience, that means approved character. And experience, approved character, bring forth hope, expectation. Now put it back in the amplifier as we close with this. It called patient endurance, fortitude. It developed maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. That's your experience. And the character, your experience of this sort. Of this sort. What does it do? It produced what? The habit of. Ooh, you see what it does? It produced a habit. Now think about this for a moment. How long does it take for a habit to develop? At least 20 days for a habit to develop. And that don't mean you have it. It's just a habit develop before you start walking in it. It said, of this sort produce the habit of, and this is the habit that it's producing, joyful, confident, hope of eternal salvation. Eternal salvation, you got it right now. Eternal salvation, not when you get that. Eternal salvation, you got the wholeness, the fullness of God's salvation plan living in you right now. Do I have more to say? Oh, I could take you for another two hours. But your gentleness of your rump rump can't handle that. 
So we'll call it quits. <laughs> <laughs>